Welcome to Sports Talk with R and J. I'm your host, Steve Risser, along with my co-host, Justin Alfrio. And baseball just continues to disappoint. And once we got off the air on, on Wednesday, last Wednesday, we thought there was some optimism because Manford made a statement. We're going to have a baseball season 100%. But on Monday, with his interview with Mike Greenberg, he completely changed his tune to the point where, where he's, just, he's just being he's – he's, he's, not, he's not fit to lead a, a, pro, a major pro sports organization. He says on Wednesday, oh, we're going to have baseball. We're gonna definitely going to have baseball. And then by Monday, he's like – Oh, I'm not confident we're even going to have a season. I mean, Manford is just all over the place, and uh, yeah. So the uh, yeah, as 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 we know, the owners proposed another statement to the players on uh, another uh, another proposal to the players on uh, uh, last week, saying that they have 75, they, they get like 80, to 85 percent of their prorated salary, and they play about 70 to 75 games. But again, the players obviously just rejected it, and they've now ended good faith negotiations, and we're getting to the point now where the unthinkable is going to happen. And it'll be just like 1994 there. We might, we're not, we might not even have a baseball season. And, and then it's just, a, it is an absolute failure on not just on Manford's side, on both sides, on Tony Clark's side too, with the player association. The fact that there's 40 million Americans out of work, 13, the unemployment rates at 13%. I've been saying this, you know, every, I'm sounding like a broken record. I've been saying this every show for the last month, but yeah, 40, 40 million Americans out of work, 13%, the unemployment rates at 13%. And baseball cannot agree to, 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 to how to agree to split billions of dollars. It's an absolute embarrassment, and the sport is going down a path where it's getting to be like 1994. As Jeff Passons even said, we're rock bottom right now. Manfred said his, in his interview with Greenberg that this 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 is a disaster for the sport, and it absolutely is a disaster for the sport right now. It is, and I think one of the biggest problems that – um, where the owners got in a lot of trouble the other day was when it, Friday or Saturday, when the MLB came out and Turner Sports came out with that billion-dollar playoff um, plan to telecast all the playoffs for a billion dollars. And so there, there you go kind of showing players that you do have money. Saturday, there's going to be money coming in. But then you also – but uh, so I think that really hurt the MLB, you know, hurt, hurt on the owner side. Rob Manfred with all this, just he's taking blame for it, which he should. And I think at this point, these two, the MLBPA, MLB are not going to, I, you know, are agreeing on anything. It's going to have to be a third party, somebody from a third party that's going to have to come in and step, step in here and get these two together and come up with a deal. I don't think that MLBPA or the MLB is going to be able, and the owners are going to be able to figure out a, deal on their own there there's no way and the problem with that is you lead into next season where nobody makes any money free agents are going to get signed and you also have a new, another cba coming up so you could be leading to a strike so mlb's in a lot of trouble right now and it, it's pretty sad to see where we're at where we're at yeah and um six eight owners too i've heard that do not want a season to happen they need 75 percent of the owners to, to agree. Um, Bamford's got to step up and try to talk to the owners. We saw um, Yankees owner, Randy Levine yesterday, kind of step up saying, you know, speaking up saying, you know, we got to get something done. We got to get, we got to get going. We need a season. So at least somebody is stepping up, but they need more of that. And uh, baseball right now is just, it's just, it's a huge joke. It really is. 
Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 an embarrassment. I mean, and and you're right, talking about you know they might need a third party because these two sides are just completely on op- on opposite sides of the fence. And of uh, and, and and Manford said on Monday, oh, the owners really want to play, but is that really a true statement? Because there's all yeah, as, as Joe's Joe just put up, six owners are holding out right now. They 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 don't care if there's a season or not, and the players are like. We'll play we'll, we'll, any, anywhere. We'll play, and and it looks like that. Uh, this 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 negotiation. There's 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 issues with both sides. Both sides are not negotiating on good faith. They can't agree to anything, and and uh, I'm, I'm getting to a point where there's not there's not there's not going to be a season. And it just shows you how big of a hypocrite Manford is, though. This this man has no ability to lead. Uh, I don't even say him. Uh, he couldn't even lead the. He couldn't even be the commissioner of the MLS, nor the Major League Baseball. I mean, this is this guy is an embarrassment. He's horrible. I mean, after uh, after he botched the two cheating scandals with the Astros, I mean, the fact. I mean, you don't need to take the title away, but the fact there were no punishments for any of those players when they when they blatantly cheated for three years. That's an embarrassment. The same thing with the Red Sox. I mean, they don't suspend any of those players. Even though that's that that scandal's on a lesser degree, they don't suspend any of those players. You got the last three world, cha- the last three American League champions. There have been scandals with, yeah. and uh, and now in 2020, they can't even get a season together uh, due to due to not uh, due to money. Not the first thing. The, the, the thing about this is. The reason they wouldn't play a season should be because of health and safety first. Yes, health and safety is second, but there should be health and safety first, not money. The fact that it's money makes it even more embarrassing and shows you that Rob Manford is just unfit to be a commissioner of, I, I, I'd say, any sports league. I mean, it, it's it's just this guy is horrible. He's by now, he's, he's Batman's past him. He's by far the worst commissioner in sports. He's horrendous. I mean, this is this is this is just a, a total joke. I mean, buy proposals that don't get that don't get agreed upon. It's not all Manford. It's the it's the Baseball Players Association too. There's the fact they can't agree on anything. It's 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 an absolute disgrace. And 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 baseball right now nationally, it's it's taken a fall over the last 20, 20 to twenty five years. But it is going to take even a bigger fall if this if this doesn't if, this, if they don't play. And there's a very good chance of them not playing. Yeah, I, at this point, I'd be shocked if we, if we have a season. I, I really would because I think this, this. I think this is a huge week. I think this week, next week are two huge weeks because soon you're going to have to agree to a 50 game schedule because it's going to get too late. You know, we're two weeks away from July 1st, so and they wanted to start July 4th, and their first one back, you know, what probably just around a month ago was their first plan. So you know, spring training was supposed to start a week ago. And we're not even close to that at this point. So it is a joke. And, man, yeah, Manfred is in a lot – he should be in a lot of trouble because he's got to step in. He's got to really get these two together somehow. And he's got to be like the um, meteorite um, – yeah, uh, I can't think of the word. But um, it'd be the middleman and kind of just try to get these two guys t- – these two, these two sides together – Cause this is just, it's just, and what Joe just put up too, you can't play too deep in the fall um, in October. So it's not like you can kind of run this late, start, you know, late July and still try to play 75, you know, 75 games. Cause yeah, they're going to have to end around October because there could be a big spike in COVID. We, you know, that's what kind of sounds like. So they're, they're running out of time and very quickly. And um, after that 94 strike, I saw some of the two. The Montreal Expos never 
really bounce back from that. They're, I think, they no, the, lost a couple of thousand every year. Yeah, at the that 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 was. If they didn't have that strike, they're probably still in Montreal because they very easily could have won the World Series that year. That strike is the biggest reason why they're now in Washington. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, but the defending World Series champions could have been in Montreal if they didn't have that strike. If they didn't have that strike, but yeah, that destroyed the Montreal Expos. Yeah. Man. And that could definitely destroy a couple of franchises now. Um, I know they they've even wanted been talking about expansion. That totally out of the ta- out, out off the table now. You could possibly maybe lose, you know, a franchise maybe if this thing continues the way it's going. It's just it it's just a terrible look for baseball. And I, I don't think they'll ever recover from us if they, they don't end up playing. I really I, it's going to be very hard. They'll clearly be the, 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 the third sport in America. Uh, that will be clear. There'll be no way they'll move up to basketball and football if they don't play this year. Yeah, I mean, you saw Dr. Fauci say earlier this week that they don't want to play deep in the fall because of this uh, this second wave of the coronavirus, and, and, that, and the second wave is very possible. So you know now that, you know, playing past uh, probably Halloween is probably uh, out of the question. So if they're going to have any kind of season, it's probably going to be that 48 to 50 game season, 40 or 48 to 54 game season. And if, and uh, at this point, yes, it's not ideal, but at this point it's better than nothing. And if you're Rob Manford, you better have that season put together or it's, it's over for you. You're done as the commissioner of baseball. I mean, this is, this is so, this is so bad. It's baseball's pretty much hit rock bottom and hit rock bottom this week with, you know, Manford making the statement and uh, it's, it's, it's been, it, it's just, it's just really, really bad right right now in, in that sport. It's, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just terrible. I mean, it's, it's awful. And I just, and Joe just showed a, Joe just showed Garrett Jericho's tweet. Tell us when and where the players want to play. The players want to play. This is all just over money by the two sides of the players union and the owners, that's the sad part. Say the players, and, and yeah, say the players didn't want to play. They were concerned about health and safety. You can understand. But the fact these players, Bryce Harper's tweeted, Garrett Cole's tweeted, Mike Trout's tweeted, uh, Gary Sanchez has tweeted. I think they ha- there's a couple, I, a couple more I saw, but yeah. They're like, where and when? We'll play. That's the biggest embarrassment to this. It's not like the players are complaining about the safety. They want to play. It's the fact these owners, the, 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 own, the, the players association and the owners and the commissioner can't figure out how to split millions of dollars. It's, it's, it's absurd. It's, 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 it's terrible. It's, it, it's awful. It, 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 it's sad. And it, yeah, the worst part of it is it seems like the player, you know, most of the players are coming out and saying, yes, yeah, let's play. You know, I think they, ha- you know, that they all want to come out. They all want to play. They don't, you know, it's just, it's just sad to see that they just cannot figure out a money. And I thought maybe say, cause I thought Saturday, okay, there we go. Like, you know, I think it was Saturday, like 70, 75% prorated salary for what was it? Like um, 72 to or 48 games, something like that. Um, either or. And it's like, I know they want a hundred percent, but that's not, that's not, I don't think it's going to happen right now. It, it they may have to end up giving them 100% because it doesn't seem like they're going to agree. Here, here, here's one thing, Justin, though. These players, they, they, uh, they're they saying where and when, yeah. but they definitely want that full prorated salary. Don't yeah, get don't get fooled with the where and when thing. They want that prorated salary. Yeah, they definitely do. And I don't think the owners are going to give that to them because they don't want to lose more money. And then I think, you know, the owners, too, then worry about the grievance where, you know, because they don't want to – they don't want to show the players what money they have. I think the only um, team that's publicly owned where the books are open are the Atlanta Braves. I think everyone else is privately owned as far as I know. So the owners don't want the players seeing, you know, all their cash, you know, how much money that 
that these that the guys do have it's just it's just a terrible problem and it's just it is terrible for the sport when the owners and players are just this far off and just can't even figure it out it's it's yeah it's just sad it's just sad yeah, and then it, then you heard Manford on with uh, Greenberg on that Sports Center special Monday night say, "Oh, you know, he thought the prorated salary would be the uh, would be the thing that would get the players to, to want to play." And then Manford said, "If you want to believe Manford, I mean, he's not the guy you really want to trust right now. But if you want to believe Manford, he said, uh, we, once we once we were going to give up a schedule, the the owners were going fi- to the the players association going to file a grievance of like one billion dollars of money that they that they want too. So it's." It's just a it's just a mess on on both sides. Yes, the play but and and, the, and as I said earlier, the sad part is the players play, but the player association and the and and Manfred owners are just at odds, and they just can't even come close to agreeing on anything. Yeah, it's just it's I it's it's just terrible for the sport, and you know, and of course, when we look back on this in twenty years, the only person we're going to remember. Is a commissioner Rob Manfred? We're not going to remember Tony Clark. We're not going to really remember any of that. It's it's all going to be on Manfred. So oh. he's he's got the most pressure here, and by far he's got to he's really got to step in here. And the worst part was it because I saw after Monday too when he kind of said, "Yeah, I'm not 100 sure anymore." The players are not happy about that. You know, they oh, you kind of lied, and fans aren't happy. I wasn't happy when he said that. He just lied to us all. Yeah, and, and you saw that. Uh... That you saw after that interview on on uh, on, on SportsCenter on Monday, Tony Clark came up, came up with a statement that said the players are disgusted with, with what's going on with Rob Manford. It's 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 ter- it's terrible. And Joe just just commented, six day owners are willing to let the as we said earlier in the show, six day owners are willing to let the clock run out after Manford says, "Oh, we're all committed on getting back on the field." That's a total lie. That's why you shouldn't be leading an organization. I mean, you're saying one thing one day, then another thing another day. It's 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 it's, it's, it's horrible. I mean, you're, you're you 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 have no leadership. He has no leadership skills. He's you can even see when you see the three other commissioners like Batman, uh, Goodell, uh, Silver. They're all in control. They're in control. They're not stuttering. They know what they're talking about. There's a plan there. There's just no plan with baseball. It's just one day we'll do one thing, the next day we'll do, we'll do another thing. This guy needs to be replaced. If, if they don't have a season, this guy absolutely needs to be replaced as the commissioner. I've said this for a month on this show. No, and, and I, I blame it on him because we have no like. We can't preview any games. We can't talk about anything because we have to talk about this. So I have to keep saying the same thing on this podcast every week that that, that this guy has has no plan. That this guy has he's, he's the number yes the players association is very responsible as well. But he's the number one reason we're we're at where we're at. Yeah, totally, and I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah, it's, it's, you know we've been talking about the same thing for over a month. And- yeah, I mean we don't like we don't like repeating ourselves on the podcast every every show, but this this league is forcing us to repeat ourselves on this podcast when they should probably be in spring training right now and getting ready for the season. We're now you know on our podcast repeating ourselves every week about oh Manford should go, Manford should be fired. That's what we're talking about because, and, and, and the press in this league, it, there's so much negativity going on in baseball because Manfred cannot handle this. Cannot handle this situation. Yeah, it, it's it's sad, and you know the owner's supposed. To, I mean, uh, Manfred's supposed to be the guy that kind of he's the one because you are right. You know that all the other owner, or the, all the other commissioners are in control of their leagues, and Manfred by far has is just nowhere close to that, and. That's a sad thing because there's, you know, commission supposed to be the head, you know, who be the head guy because they all came up with their plans and, you know, 
and are all, you know, about a month away is from getting ready to, you know, training camps open up and all that. And we're still, yeah. And baseball still cannot figure out money wise. And, and, you know, and everybody's kind of just angry at each other. You know, the players are all angry at the owners. The owners are mad at the, you know, players. And it's just the MLBPA. It's just, it's just one toxic mess. And it's just, it's just so sad for the sport. And it's, you know, and I think because some of the, and I know we're going to get to it later, but the long gone summer, those ratings were pretty low. I think it was only like. Oh, don't get me to that. I'm uh, th- That's another story I'll get to later in the yeah, show. Let's, let's get that year. That's. The ratings were low for that. Like, and I don't know if it's a direct correlation to what's going on in baseball. But I'll, I'll, I'll be able to explain that. I have, I have a lot of, pre- I have a lot of stuff prepared to be, right, to, yeah. to explain that. Yeah. Right. Explain that. Yeah. Right, yeah. So, that, yeah, right. yes. Bad. So, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but in conclusion, you know, Joe just put up a, put up something to say. Rob Manfred could start the season whenever he wants in the in the agreement, and he may have to just. Yeah, that might be the, 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 the only thing that could save his job at this point. Even though, I mean, if that happens and he, and they force a season, there, there's there may be no way that they'll even agree on the new collective. Them and the player association could agree on the new collective bargaining agreement in 2022. But this pretty much at this point could be Manfred's final option. If they, if they to have to to uh, force a season onto the players, I I think he's I think that option is going to be very likely, and I think at some point he's going to have to hit that button because I and then you know that's a story for another day. But how many players are, you know would maybe play for that? It depends what else happens. So it's just he's gonna I think he's gonna have to um, play whenever he wants. I think he's gonna have to start it when he wants to. Cause I, I just do not see it. Cause I don't, you know, I don't know who that third party person would be who could step in and try to get these two guys to get these two, um, you know, the MLB and ML, the owners and the PA MLB PA together and discuss and negotiate a way to get this thing going. I, I just, I really don't because, uh, you know, and it's just sad. Yeah. It's, it's a mess and we'll, probably continue to be talking about this mess until uh the, the manfred makes it official he cancels the season so that's that's pretty much where we stand in baseball and we hope things are getting better but i don't see things getting better but we're going to shift our attention to uh the nfl and ezekiel elliott on monday uh it, it was it was it was reported that he uh he uh he tested positive for COVID 19 the coronavirus very sad i mean my thoughts and prayers are with him and his family very sad but i think this begs the question now how is this now going to, because a lot of Cowboys and Texans, they didn't name any other Cowboys and Texans players, but how many Cowboys and Te- uh, there's a ton of Cowboy and Texan players that attested positive. And, and, and now it begs the question, are, is it really safe to start training camp on time? I mean, being realistic, I mean, with this virus is still out there. Yes. States have reopened, but the virus is still out there. There's a potential second wave, which could, definitely impact this NFL season. The NFL has done pretty much everything right during this process, though. I mean, they still had free agency. They still had the draft. They stayed on schedule. Goodell has done an outstanding job. But this virus could be out, and that's out of, you know, the NFL's control of what happens from here. But to see, and I heard Ed Warder the other day on ESPN say, two coaches say, he was talking to two unanimous, two coaches, and have had coaches in the league, and they said they probably shouldn't start the season on time because of, you know, what's going to happen? Say you have four or five offensive linemen that get the coronavirus. Say your starting quarterback gets the coronavirus. I mean, it's it's just so, so, it's still out there. And we, there's just so many unknowns where what's going to end up happening 
and it's going to end up happening. Nobody knows yet. I mean, just, you, you don't know if you rush the guys back to training camps, it's going to end up happening. I mean, they obviously announced this week that they'll probably won't have fans for the hall of fame game. I don't even know if the hall of fame game should even be played. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if half or even they were talking about, you know, reducing the preseason to two games. I would, I would not be surprised. I think that's probably going to happen. They're not going to play a full preseason and there's no way there should, there's no way to, have a guy come down with the virus playing a preseason preseason game. Just even if you cancel the preseason, it's fine. Just make the, just kind of make that first, that, that first week of September, just like college football might be a little choppy, but that's what, that's what's going to, that's what's going to end up happening. I mean, that, so it's, it's a tough, it's a, it's, it's, it's tough. It's, it's sad to see another, another an NFL player come down with it. We saw Sean Payton earlier in March. He had the coronavirus as well. So it's going to be interesting to see where the NFL goes from here after this. It is, and you know, I heard the good. The thing was that Zeke and none of the other Cowboys and Texans players have entered the facilities yet this season, which you know is a good sign. But I saw too, Texas, like the whole state, had over two thousand cases, um, or two thousand people this this weekend tested uh, positive COVID. So there is, you know, kind of a spike going on in the state of Texas, and I'm even kind of bringing because college football because they were allowed to go back you know, um, June 8th, most places, Oklahoma state had players had to pod Alabama did, um, Houston, there's a couple more colleges. So there's even colleges, you know, like five, six guys at each have tested positive for COVID. So it's even, you know, um, I haven't really seen any for, uh, basketball teams yet, but, um, for football. Yeah. You know, it's, I don't think I'd be shocked to see, um, the hall of fame game at this point, I'd be shocked to see, four preseason games. I'm with you. I think it's really going to be cut in half or there's going to be no preseason. Week one's going to be, you know, the you know first week we have a football, um, you know, without uh, preseason. But um, good thing, I guess, for Zeke is he is um, asymptomatic. I, and he said he is feeling good, you know, no really issues, which is good sign. But um, it is definitely because you're going to put – what do you have, like um, – 54 teams on a roster, something like 53. Something right 53, 53 guys on a roster. Okay. I knew somewhere right around the mid 50s, you know, all in one locker room too. Like that's, you know, and your lockers are all tight, are all put together. You know, it's not like, you know, you could really separate any of them. And um, so again, it, it is risky because one guy catches it, half the team could have it. And then you got to forfeit the game too, because half your team's got COVID. So, I know somebody was saying, you know, like you, you know, like people, you know, these guys don't have to wear a mask on and off the field. And it's like, how are you going to put a face, you know, unless you put some, you know, everyone's got to have like the face shield inside the face mask or something that way you're also, I just, again, it, it, you know, I, I, I know it's still a little bit of stretch cause it's still, you know, three months away. Cause I'm even at the point, I think both college football and NFL is going to be pushed back. I really don't see both those sports happening at the same time because in college there's 120 guys in a locker, so that's double the what NFL has. So um, I, I'd be shocked to see those two footballs that the two, two those two sports start in September. I'd be shocked at this point. Yeah, and you've got this second wave now. The rumors of the second wave of the coronavirus. I wouldn't be shocked if both seasons end up getting canceled, getting canceled just because of the second wave. I mean. I mean, they might, I mean, I've heard about the second wave too. So it's just, there's just so many unknowns right now in our world of what's going on with this virus. I mean, the way it's impacted so many things and it, and 
I, 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 I heard Max Kellerman the other day on first take saying, I wouldn't be surprised if the season gets, gets canceled altogether because say, you know, the second wave starts in late August and it goes to like early November. I mean, that could very easily wipe out this entire NFL season. So, I mean, it's, I mean, Goodell's done a great job, you know, you know, keeping everything on schedule, but I just think with what could be going on with potentially with the potential second wave of the virus, it could end up wiping out the entire season. Yeah, because it 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 is risky, to, you know. If that second wave does hit and half the team, you know, and and team all catches it, um, you know, I know it it kind of begs the question: Would they? Because I know, um, do they push it back to the spring? Because I know that's something college football has kind of discussed. Because you know, but they're a sport too. If college football goes can't gets canceled, all college, you know, um, universities are gonna go under the table because. You know, college football brings in so much revenue for for schools, especially the big time ones. So, um, listen, ads like they they kind of have to have a season at some point. So, would that you know would they push it to the spring? Maybe you know I don't know how desperate the NFL would be to play in the spring, depending on what happens this winter. Um, if there is a second wave of COVID, which you know kind of like kind of possibility, you know, um. But yeah, you know, it would not shock me, and it, you know, it would it would stink not to have football. It'd be very weird in the fall not to have football. Um, it's you know, it's the world we live in. It's it it it, it is it is what it is at this point, and whole, you know, it's it's just hard to you know, it's hard to kind of keep football players. You know, you can't in every in every sport you really can't have social distancing. The only really sports you can do it in is tennis and golf. And, 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 and to a point, baseball. You could do a little bit in baseball. Yeah. But, only, yeah. I guess the only thing in baseball, yeah, I think pretty much besides, like, the catcher or the batter and the umpire all kind of on top of each other, that, you know. Um, yeah, but that's it, you know. So, um, it would kind of surprise, you know. It would stink, and I hate to say it, but it wouldn't shock me if we didn't have, you know, football season. Oh, no. And the thing is, is with this whole COVID thing, not having March Madness, yeah, you really – and I know you disagree with me here, but really knowing the, the state of college basketball last year and the play was kind of down because, you know, you know, some of the top players playing, really a lot of – the nation really missed that first weekend. I mean, because there could have been a lot of upsets and there could have been a lack of interest. Not having baseball, yeah, maybe maybe opening day, but, you know, do we really miss it from, you know, the middle of April till the middle of June? Do we really miss that? And then the NBA playoffs, the NHL players, you're going to get that back. But if you don't have football, especially the NFL, you're really, really, really going to see a hit. I mean, to, to, to sit on Sundays and not have the NFL. I mean, not even college football is big too, but to, to, to not have an, have NFL games on Sundays in the fall, that's that, that, that that's the unthinkable. But in these uncertain times, and to be safe, that probably could be the reality of what's going to happen. It could. I, I uh, For as long as I, you know. For forever, you know, my, my balls on, on the weekends have been sitting on my couch from, you know, noon to midnight on, on Saturdays and one to, you know, 11 on Sunday. So that's all I know what to do. Yeah. And, and, and we were, and we both work in this business. So it takes money off our, it takes money away from us. And, and, and the fact is it's not like we could, we're not, now that we're not working, we can't just sit home and watch the games because the games aren't even on. So it's, it's just, it's, it's just, it's just, these times have just been so uncertain in my life. Obviously I've never been through times like this, but and I'll reiterate it. I mean, yeah, not having March madness, you miss maybe one weekend. Yeah. If it's a good tournament, maybe the second or third weekend, I mean, baseball, 
really April to June is not great nationally. The NBA playoffs and NHL players, we're going to get them back. But say we don't get this football season, this NFL season because of COVID, that's definitely going to be the biggest role financially and to sports fans. Yeah, well, and, and you know, for me, Mark Madden is like my favorite. I know, I know, I know personally, personally, but I know. But you, people, yeah, but um, yeah, obviously, if you get a lot of upsets and you get a lot of, you know, you know, teams they don't really know in the turn late in the tournament that some people kind of t- 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 turn away. But if you don't have football, NFL football uh, this year because of COVID, that could that that's probably unfortunately the biggest disaster for most sports fans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, totally. You know, it, it would. And you know, for me too, being such a big college football fan, and you know, it it would just it it, it would hurt. But again, it, it's it's for the safety of everybody. You have to do, you know, there's just no way to keep everybody safe and keep everybody healthy. There's just, there's just no way around it. And it, it is what it is. And it's the times we live in at the moment. And, you know, I don't think we'll ever, you know, I, and I hope we don't ever see something like this again, because, you know, it, it's been a long, you know, three months and, you know, it's felt, felt like a year already since we've had any sports go on. Yeah, I mean, it's been three months, but it, yeah, it definitely has felt longer and longer that, that, than that at this point. So we normally don't talk like kind of political issues, but it did tie into sports this week. And Justin's a big college football fan. And we'll talk about a little bit about the story at Oklahoma with uh, with Mike Gundy and, and uh, Chua, Chua Hubbard. It started when uh, Mike Gundy posted a picture going fishing with his kids uh, and, and the shirt said O-A-N, which means... Uh, one American news network, which is a political network, a very right-wing political network. And it, it, it brought a huge reaction to, especially running back uh, uh, Chuba Hubbard, who said, I don't stand for this. I'm not going to stand for this. The AD said, we got a problem here. Many players tweeted out they don't stand for this. And then the two had a meeting, which I think in a way, especially on Gundy's part, was a little insincere. Uh, he, it's, Gundy didn't even really apologize about it. And, and, the, and, the, and the other guy, the, and, the, and the running, and, and Hubbard apologized, said, I was out of line. I should have approached Gundy, you know, personally instead of going on on social media. But it's funny how Gundy didn't even apologize about this. I mean, and now you got players that are upset. I don't know if if, if there's going to, I don't know. Gundy says there's going to be change, but there was no apology. And the players are, are kind of outraged. And the, the, I mean, can, the question is, can Oklahoma keep state, keep this coach? I mean, yes, he's been the coach for 15 years. I mean, he's, he's 129 and 64. He's been a really, he's been a, not a great coach, but a really good coach. 129 and 64, uh, but terrible against Oklahoma, two and 13 against Oklahoma. That's the biggest thing when you're coaching in Oklahoma state, you got to beat Oklahoma had that one good year. You probably remember the year where uh, Brandon Weeded was the quarterback and uh, got Brandon Weeded to be a first round pick that year, him and Justin Black were together and they were undefeated until that game or that game against Iowa state. Yeah. That, that they lost. And if they would have won that game, they would have played in the national championship game against LSU. I think LSU wishes they played Oklahoma state in that national title game instead of Alabama. But yeah, it was the, really, that was the really the one great year that, uh, that Gundy had. He sent, he had pretty much the, the best player. He turned out the, the, his best pro turned out to be Des Bryant, who wasn't, who was a very good pro, but didn't really live up to his potential. Do we, we all remember Justin Blackman, how much trouble he ended up getting into at, uh, at Oklahoma, at Oklahoma state. But obviously, this issue is is uh, far far past football. This is issue about about race. And when you're the coach of a bunch of African Americans, you have a ton of African Americans on your team. Your team is probably seventy five to eighty percent African American. You cannot be making statements and having a shirt like that and post and posting that up there. And now now you've got a locker room that's going to be divided, and a locker room that doesn't like you. How are they going to respect you? How are you going to go into a game against Oklahoma and have have them fight for you? You're, you're say you're down like. 
you know, 10, 10 to 14 points at halftime against Oklahoma. How can you not expect your team to quit on you when, when you, when you, you know, make statements like that, you know, it's, it, it, it would make me wear, wear shirts like that. I mean, it's just, it's just not a good look for Mike Gundy. As I heard Paul Feinbaum this week, Feinbaum said he should be, he should be fired. Feinbaum wants him out. I heard that. On, I heard Feinbaum on get up saying he, he, he wants, uh, he wants Mike uh, uh, Gundy out. As we all remember, Mike Gundy, you know, the, the big speech, you know, his most, the most thing ever, anybody really, it shows you in your program is kind of like a second tier program when really the only thing you're really remembered for. Yeah. No, not, not a lot of people remember really college football junkies. Like you remember the 2011 season when they were one win away from the national championship. But really the one thing everybody remembers for was Gundy saying, I'm a man, I'm 40 early in his career, but really his program has been such a second tier program for years. It's kind of a program that's been under the radar. No one really hears of him that much. He's a good coach. He's able to keep his job. He's not a great coach, but this could be the end of Mike Gundy at Oklahoma state. I mean, just inexcusable to be wearing that shirt and posting it just, just flat out inexcusable. Yeah, with the times we're in the last couple of weeks, I just don't understand it because in this day and age, your image is everywhere. You, you know, I just, I, it's just, I just don't know how it got through it on this to think, you know, it would be okay to wear that shirt. The one, you know, and, and Gundy too, the last few years has gotten to a couple, you know, they're, they're, you know, like fans haven't been happy with them. Now, I will say that if, well, there, you know, I will say, in his tenure, they have the second most wins in the Big 12, just by an Oklahoma. I mean, let's just say, Justin, that's kind of a sad statement because yeah, the Big 12, outside of Oklahoma, has not been very good. Texas yeah. has been down. Baylor's gotten good recently, but uh, they, they've been kind of they've been kind of they've been really good. Or then Matt Rule brought them back to being pretty. They were they were good. Then they fell off because of the sanctions. Then they were then Matt Rule brought them back. But so the Big 12 has been just. I mean, you're not talking about oh, the second most wins in like the Big 10 or the SEC. You're, or even the Pac-12. You're talking about you're talking about the Big 12 here. Uh, I mean, yes, Gundy's a good coach, but he's not. You cannot even put him in the conversation as being one of the top coaches oh. in college football. Oh, oh, yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm not. And you know, because his program is just, you know, to see what Oklahoma has done to take off, and his program's kind of still been underneath. I think you know the other thing is too. He's got a 15 million buyout now with everything going on. I would assume that maybe Oklahoma State doesn't pay all of it. I don't, you know, again, I don't know. And the thing is, and the thing is too, I liked o- Oklahoma State this, you know, for me this year was one of my dark horses. Of oh week. yeah, because so, they got they got Hubbard coming back. Do they, have their, do they have their quarterback coming back too? Yeah, and Justice Hill, one of the top wide receivers in the country. Oh, okay, so they so they were one of the dark horses to win the Big Twelve because yeah. Oohoma lost Jalen Hurts. This is, the, this is probably the first year Oklahoma doesn't have a great quarterback in a while. Yeah, so I you know, and uh, th- this may change it for me again. It, it, we'll see what happens to Hubbard too. You know, your your top guy, your leading rusher, um, leading rusher coming back in the country. Um, high, you know, I think he could be a Heisman candidate. It get, it's, you know, and the thing is, too, this could affect recruiting as well because, um, you know, what does this say when you go into a kid's house and that, you know, of what that network says? And he claims that he had no idea that they were, you know, um, that insecure. Um, you know that he didn't know what was going what they were saying i don't really believe that with the last few weeks i w- would assume he would understand what what that network was saying um but y- you know you go up to recruit because you know you re- recruit my a lot of minorities around there and w- what does that say you know or coaches can use that against them you know lincoln riley can use that against them you really want to go play for a guy that supports um the O O O N A network, you know, like 
again, um, I just it's just it's just a terrible look on his part. There's been a couple, and right after this stuff came out, after all this COVID stuff, he said my players are gonna be back in May. My they are gonna be back working out May first. Just right? completely ignorant to what's been going on in our country. I mean, that's just that's just ridiculous. I mean. And you made a great point, Justin, about recruiting. When you're when you're and Oklahoma's high school football is not not that good, but Texas's high school football is awesome, and Oklahoma's right next to Texas. But you got some you got some you got some powers. You've got obviously Lincoln Riley, who will definitely use this against him. Uh, Tom Herman at Texas, he'll use this against him. Even Jimbo Fisher at A and M, he'll use it against him too. Those are three really good program, one great program and two really good programs right in his backyard. And, and you're, you're right on the bot talking about right on the dot talking about recruiting. I mean, this is definitely going to affect affect recruiting. And that's probably a big reason why I agree with Paul Feinbaum. Mike Gundy should be fired right now. I mean, he, he, he makes a statement. makes a state, It could affect the only issue is why Oklahoma state might not want to fire him is they have such a, they have a really good chance of winning it and they don't want an inexperienced coach. They're winning the big 12. They don't want an inexperienced coach this year, but still, I think this is really, and you made a great point, Justin, it's definitely going to affect recruiting. Uh, I de- definitely need, you know, and I forgot to mention this too. He did play to Oklahoma state. So I don't know if that's part of it is they don't want to fire an alum and just bad blood. I don't, you know, again, but, I he's, know but, but he's, but he's had this, it's come up a couple of times. He's, he's, you know, over the past few years, He's had a couple incidents that are like, all right, dude, you know, you, you know, that it's gone a little bit too far. So, you know, how many more times can he get away with it? There's even been fans, you know, last few years that have wanted to change because they're, they're, they're tired of being, um, just being the doormat to Oklahoma on the big 12. So it, you know, it is a bad look. I don't know if boosters are, you know, gonna help the buy. I, you know, I don't know. He probably should be fired again. I just don't know how many more chances we'll say he can give him. It was just with everything going on, I just do not understand how you go out and wear that shirt thinking that nobody's gonna see it and nobody's gonna have a problem with it. It's just, I don't know how that doesn't get to you. And it, you know, and it definitely could affect him recruiting wise because I just, you know. Just not, it's not smart, not smart on this part. It definitely will. And you think with what's been going on with all the riots and everything, and you have, you know, a bunch of African-Americans on your team to, to, to think about wearing that shirt. And then you know, not even just wearing the shirt, going out and posting something with that shirt on. I mean, I mean, come on. It makes, it makes, it makes no sense at all. Oh, it's just, it's just, it's a, ter- it's a terrible, terrible look. It's, it's just, it's just, it's just awful. I mean, and, 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 you know, Oklahoma state, you know, they probably aren't going to fire him, but th- they probably should. I mean, this guy's been here a bunch, he's been there a bunch of years and really has not, I mean, yes, he's that one great season in 2011. That's been it. And of 15 years, he's had one year. I think, th- I think it's one big 12 championship, right? Is yeah. that it? Yeah. That in 2011. So yeah, I, you, you got, you got to, I think if you're Oklahoma state, you got to make a move, but I just can't see them making a move. I, I don't at this point. I think if they would have done it, it would have been Monday or Tuesday because uh, I, I think it would have probably already happened unless it, unless it's, you know, unless there's a major protest breaks out Oklahoma State and they have to. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but I think at this point, that's probably the only way they do fire him. Um, it, it just, I just don't understand what, what made, you know, what went through his head when he wore that, you know, that, I, you know, Nobody's going to know. Nobody's going to care if it's going on. It's just, you know, it, it just, you know, it just, it, it's a, 
bad look on his part. It's just an it's an immature thing, and it's not like he's a young coach that's only been in. You know, even if he was only a, a first or second year head coach, it's still inexcusable to wear that shirt. But to be a guy that's been there for uh, fifteen years, I believe he's going on sixteen. That's just it's just so immature as well. It's just I just I don't I don't don't know how you you know I don't know how. I just don't, I don't know how he just wears that and just thinks it's everything's going to be fine. Yeah. I mean, talk about, you know, and I don't think there's going to, unfortunately, I think that video was phony. I just don't think there's going to be that much change. And this, this thing could absolutely ruin a team season that this was the one year where they could have unseated Oklahoma on top of the big 12. And I think this one incident could very easily ruin that because you don't, because even uh, Hubbard tweeted, I'm not, I'm not pumping the brakes yet. I mean, it's, it's still, they, that, I think that video was kind of a forced thing they had to do to make, to make it look like they were on the same page, but with Gundy, not even, I mean, yes, he might apologize a little bit later, but with him not really apologizing in that video. And I just didn't think, I just didn't think the video looked made me think that things are really going to change at Oklahoma state. Yeah. You know, it just, yeah, it didn't look like the most sincere of um well first he didn't even, you know he didn't even apologize it just didn't look like he was very sincere again maybe you know hopefully things go on behind the scenes because you know if if this actually does have you know again that's the last hubbard's the last guy you want to lose on that team because you're, oh, you, know, you lose him you're you're done yeah you're, you know you're you're yeah because their defense is always bad so you need to put up 35 points a, a game to uh have a chance so you lose him and you're hurting your chances so yeah, you know, it was supposed to be a huge year for him. Maybe they still do. Maybe this rallies on someone. Maybe they do, you know, kind of figure this all out. Get, it gets better, and they figure out, and they, you know, go off on the Big 12 if there's a season. Who knows? It just it, – it, I'm with you. It didn't look very sincere. I know the AD actually came out saying, you know, apolog- he, they, even the AD, I think, apologized and said there's going to be change. Again, we haven't seen it yet, um, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if there's actually change. Diamond. Yeah, I'll see when I believe it. Yeah, there, there is, there has got to be, or things are not going to be good at that university. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna. What do you say? And it's already not good because of the basketball program too now in probation. Yeah, yeah. You actually want to bring that up? You actually want? We were talking about that before the show, and yeah, it's it's it's, it's not looking good for the football program. And it's not looking good for the basketball program at all either. Yeah, it's 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 not. No, not a good look for Oak State right now. No, no. I'm loving it. No, no, not not at all. So we're going to wrap up the show uh, talking about the recent 30 for 30 uh, long gone summer. And let's, and let's be real. This is probably one of this could have, this was one of the worst 30 for thirties ESPN brought out. This 30 for 30 was absolutely te- terrible. I maybe we've had, we had such high expectation after the, after the last dance, but this 30 for 30 was terrible. And for, first, I just think it was way too centered on Mark McGuire. They spent too much time on McGuire and not enough time on Sosa. They both were in this chase uh Going, going back and forth. And it was like they spent so much time just talking about Mark McGuire and how great he was and, you know, what his USC, because college days, who cares? This was about the summer of 98. Yeah, you could bring up the days where he was with the A's, but don't be bringing up his college days. Who cares? This is about, this is about the summer of 98 and how both these guys went for this record between him and Roger Maris. And, like, the first, like, half hour to hour, all they're talking about is Mark McGuire before you're even talking about Sammy Sosa at all. And I just think this documentary was, it was, my, my first issue was 
it was just way too centered on Mark McGuire. And I'll get to my other points late, a little bit later. What was your, what was your initial thoughts of the documentary? Yeah, I was at you. I thought it was like 80, 80 to 20% McGuire. You know, I, cause they didn't really talk much about Sosa at all. It was, yeah, you, you know, it just, it felt like the first like 20, 30 minutes when they didn't even bench Sosa. It's like, I thought, you know, the guy, Sammy Sosa was supposed to be part of the thing too. So yeah, it, you know, it seemed much more about McGuire um, and so sudden, and then I didn't, I didn't like how they kind of the last 15 minutes, you saved it for the steroid talk. And then they kind of threw bonds under the bus too. They, they kind of mentioned bonds first and then me, you know, went to uh, McGuire and so after that, I wasn't, you know, but I'm, I'm with you too. That's had to be one of the worst dirty for 30s I've ever watched. And I was really excited to watch it. And it, you know, it just they didn't really do it for me at all. Yeah, as Joe put up, they ignored the elephant in the room. So you're getting, you're, you're watching it, watching it for like an hour and 40 minutes. They're like, when are they going to talk about steroids? When are they going to talk about the most important part of this documentary? Was this record legitimate or not? Are these guys Hall of Famers or not? And they just talked, they glanced over for 15 minutes and talked about it. They didn't even really discuss steroids, which is, which is, was the reason they really, there's, I thought was the reason they put this documentary together in the first place. So, I mean, talking about the steroid era in Major League Baseball. So, yes, and I think personally, uh, him, Sosa, Bonds, and McGuire should easily be Hall of Famers, but that's another story for another day. But how do you not talk about steroids? And that, that, that was the point of this documentary, and they pretty much just glanced over it. It was like it should have been at least like a, 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 like a, a third or fourth of this documentary, and it was just like a little part of the documentary. <sighs> that was awful, horrible. Yeah, it was like, okay, we're going to show you the summer of 98, and here, here we go. We're going to give you a little bit of – the, you know, the steroid, you know, we'll give you a little bit of, you know, about the steroid stuff, but it was kind of trying to make like McGuire and Sosa look like heroes and just say, okay, but oh, no, 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 it, it was, it was made to look like, make McGuire look like a hero, not Sosa. More, more McGuire. Yes. I, yeah. Yeah. I should have corrected myself, but you know, cause um, it, it just, it, it was, yeah, it, it just didn't. I thought it was going to be a little bit more on all that. And I think we got the closest thing that we're ever going to get to Sammy Sosa um, um, admitting that he took steroids by saying everyone else did it in that era. But I don't know, you know, I think the, I think that's the closest we're going to get um, listening to that. But it, I just didn't, you know, I didn't even like it. And when you talk about Roger Maris, because um, I've been watching actually the MLB, like, you know, season by season, they've done like every year. And I actually, Early that day, I did watch a 61-1 of Maris versus Mantle. Did you watch the movie or just the 61? The 61. It was like MLB. Because I've seen the movie, but you see, you saw the 61 thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the MLB Network did it. It was like an hour long thing, and you know, so I watched that earlier. And I, you know, uh, I don't know if that kind of got. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that did it for a little bit too, because I still believe Maris. And going, I know, and I wish because um, going back um. And I, when McGuire, you know, went up to the Maris family after he had 62, I wish they asked Roger Maris Jr. to have the interview to see what he thinks of McGuire now. Because I know they were friends back then, but. Yeah, because. Because. So I would yeah. think now of um, McGuire. Yeah, because you, if you remember the Roger Maris home run chase, Roger Maris was hated, hated yeah. during the home run chase. You watch the movie 61. All the all the fans wanted Mantle to win. Even teammates, Roger Maris's teammates wanted Mantle to win. I mean, and, and if you remember the commissioner Ford Frick, he put an asterisk next to uh, 
because it was because that was the first season that it was that they switched from 162 games from 154 games to 162 games. So they put an asterisk next to Roger Maris's record that year, and those separate records existed until 1991 when Faye Vincent stopped it. So he Roger Maris passed away, never knowing he was officially the signal season home run king. And then seven years later, McGuire breaks his record, and that. But but then with all the with with all the stare with him not doing it the right you know Maris did it the right way. Uh, McGuire didn't do it. He he took steroids. He didn't do, even know everybody was doing it at the time. There's no regulating it. He didn't do it the right way. And they never really yeah they never really interviewed Roger Maris's son to see how he felt about McGuire kind of cheating his way to that record. Yeah, because yeah, because you know Mar- Maris earned that. I still believe he should be the home you know the whole you know the single season home run champ. I still believe yeah I believe he should. Um, you talk about, I couldn't believe that, you know, people were actually booing Maris. I know Mantle was like the guy in the Bronx, but I just could not believe that we'd actually, you know, there were people actually booing him and hopefully, and then there was people who wanted him to break Babe Ruth's right. Or there, you know, and I remember the final day of the year or the second to final one, the, you know, the day where he actually broke it and he was going to sit out cause he didn't want to do it. And all the press got mad that he was going to sit out and said, Oh, you're, you know, you, you can't do that. I just, you know, I felt bad for Maris. Um, but going back to this one. Yeah. And I just, I wish they did interview Rod Maris. I didn't like any kind of like, the only one that I thought was good that they interviewed was Bob Costas. That was about it. Yeah. I mean, Costas and Chip Carey was good too. Cause he was the voice of the Cubs at the time. Yeah, and, his, yeah. and his and funny thing is he was going to work with it. Harry Carey was a legend in Chicago. Mm-hmm. As we all know, he was going to work with his grandfather that year. But unfortunately, Harry Carey passed away. I like Chip Carey. And I like Bob Costas. Those are my favorite ones, but, I, but yeah, also got to mention him too. I forgot about him. Yeah, but but also there was just a lack of diversity. It was, seemed like it was a bunch of old white uh, uh, sports writers. That's pretty much that's pretty much most of what it was. I mean, they did have uh, they did have one of the Chicago radio hosts on there as well, but it was a bunch of old white Chicago Chicago uh, uh, old white sportscasters. Most most of them from being from St. Louis too. So I showed you another bias of the, of the of the show where it was more sided with McGuire than it was Sosa. Yeah, and then I, you know, and I didn't like that they actually had like the St. Louis, the guy that caught the sixty, the sec, sixty second home Maguire's home run, like yeah, just like he's a grounds crew guy, like, you know, like he, you know, knew the Cardinals and all that definitely, but like I didn't, you know, I either heard it from an actual like an, you know analyst or something talking about it instead of like a guy that's a Cardinals Cardinals fan. Uh, so I, you know, I didn't really like. And now who knows? Maybe some interview. People didn't want to interview for this because they, you know, they just don't aren't big McGuire. So you know, who knows? Um, yeah, I just wasn't. And you were, you know, it was a lot of older, older guys, mostly from St. Louis. And I even heard too that there was even uh, people kind of went back and found images of of like the '98 field that Wrigley and Bush and some of those home runs weren't even from '98 that they were showing. Some of them, they're. Um, Billboard or some of you know the advertisements were like from years um like from like ninety nine to two thousand you know two thousand I even heard that too so they didn't even take all this from ninety eight some of the highlights they showed were from other years so oh absolutely you know oh absolutely absolutely and my other issues with the documentary was is people forget the Cubs were in a major pennant race that summer. So the McGuire, the Sosa home run chase was going on and the Cubs were in a major pennant race with the Mets and the giants. And the, and they never, they never talked about that. I mean, you have a, you have a, it's, 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 it's gotta be huge. You have a home run chase and you have the team in a pennant race and you spend more time on the third place team 
in that in, in, the, the team that had no chance of making the playoffs spend more time on that than you do on the fact the Cubs were in a pennant race to, and they ended up as they end up showing uh, to, to, at the end of the season they showed how they played that they beat the Giants in that one game playoff to get into the playoffs but they were in a pennant race that year they didn't, they didn't even talk about how important that September was with, with with the home run chase and the Cubs being in a pennant race they never talked about that also in Sammy Sosa's career they literally skipped the fact he even played for the White Sox and that, that's that that's inexcusable. I mean, yes, they brought up George Bush saying, oh, one of the worst trades when he was the owner of the Rangers said one of the worst trades I made was trading uh, Harold Baines for Sammy Sosa. But they didn't even talk about, you know, Sosa playing for the White Sox. They uh, they didn't they didn't talk about the pennant race. They really didn't talk about they looked a little bit about the 94 spurt strike, but they didn't talk about how low baseball was in 94 and how this pennant race, how this uh, home run chase uh, really made it really helped save baseball and bring it back to being one of the top sports to, to, to being right there with the NFL as being one of the top sports in America. They, they also, they also didn't talk enough about, I think the summer of 98, I think, I think they didn't talk enough about Griffey. Griffey was the biggest player. He's, you know, how big Mike Trout is now. Ken Griffey was that times two uh, uh, times three. I mean, Ken Griffey was the, the, the guy in 1998, you go back to, to that time, Ken Griffey jr. There were people that were kind of quote unquote Mariners fans because they just loved Ken Griffey jr. Ken, the kid, in his prime was must see TV. And they really didn't talk about the kid in that, in, in, in that, uh, in that home run chase as, as, as well. Also the Yankees, they should, they didn't need to really talk about this. They could have mentioned it. The Yankees broke an American league record that year. They won, they won 114 games in a season. No, no mention at all about that. That was going on in the, in this, in this, in the summer of 98, one of the best summers. I think the best summer baseball ever had no mention about that. Or even, or even the All Star Game that year, where it was one of the most entertaining All Star Games ever. I mean, the, the American League, the National League, thirteen to eight, it was almost no, no mention of that either. So they really didn't mention anything about the summer of '98. It was so centered on McGuire and their and the third place St. Louis Cardinals that they really, they really did a very poor job mentioning the summer of '98, mentioning the Cubs playoff race, and how this really brought baseball back after the '94 strike. Yeah, and I'll talk, you know, because I, I agree with you on, all, you know, pretty much all those points, you know, and talking about that, you know, the 98, because now I, I knew the Cubs did play for like a playing game with Giants, but if I had no idea that would happen, I would I would have been shocked, like, oh, the Cubs actually made the, I would have figured like the Cubs would have been in like fourth or place that year, because they never mentioned that they were actually in the race, you know, I figured they'd show like the standings at some point, so the actual, you know, of, of the National League Centralists who, you know, show you where they were at, but Nothing of that. And I was disappointed that there was like, no, you know, like they didn't even interview Griffey. Now, I was, you know, I got to see like the end of Griffey's career because Griffey was my favorite player growing up. I loved, I used to, you know. And you yeah. never even, you never even came close to seeing his prime. You saw when you yeah. saw probably the beginning was with the Reds and he couldn't stay healthy. I mean, him and his, him and his prime was, I'd say, in my opinion, from what I've seen, the biggest baseball player I've ever seen in his prime. He played in a small market, and everybody knew. And you, you, you thought in those days, as me as a kid, thought Seattle was actually a big market because everybody loved Ken Griffey so much. Yeah, you know, imagine that that was, you know, I know Trout plays Anaheim, LA, but, you know, yeah, like he's, I think, a much bigger star than Trout is right now. And, you know, because um, I used to do, I used to watch him, Griffey, so I used to love Griffey because I, I mostly caught him in Cincinnati. But uh, I was kind of disappointed, like, he wasn't even interviewed. Maybe he declined it, but. You know, I, I don't know. You know, it would have been nice to do a little bit about him because I know he was there until he got hurt. And, you know, July, August, he got hurt. And he kind of uh, obviously 
could not stay with them at that point. But, you know, um, I was disappointed about that. It, it just, it wasn't, yeah, it just, it was just all kind of more about the car, you know, more about Michael, Mark McGuire than really anything else. And that was kind of the more disappointing side because I thought, because that was a huge summer for baseball with the Yankees, with the All-Star game, and they just kind of just, you know, skipped all over that because it was definitely a huge kind of saving point for baseball. And, you know, it, it, it was just way too much McGuire, way too much. Absolutely. Absolutely. It just, I mean, I, I, I think this just was not, it was just, ESPN has had a ton of 30 for 30s, and this obviously was clearly not one of their better ones and probably one of their worst. Yeah, you know, I, I'm right there with you. I'm trying to think if there's been one, you know, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that I thought was worse, but it's, um, it, it was not very, it was not very good. And yeah, I, I was very disappointed when at 11 o'clock, when it ended that that was kind of, you know, it just, you know, I was very excited to, to see this all and, you know, I didn't really live up to the hype that I thought it was going to. Yeah, because you're you were somebody you're kind of a viewer watching this. You want to learn some new because I, mean, I, I I experienced the summer. I was seven years old, so I experienced the summer of '98. It actually got me to make baseball with with the NFL, probably one of my favorite sports. I mean that 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 whole uh, that that whole uh, summer definitely got me to be a huge be, be a huge baseball fan. I mean that it's, it put put it put it close to where and at the NFL is for me. So it puts it second, but it puts it close to where the NFL is for me. That summer made made me be a huge baseball fan. And, and so I experienced, but some, I experienced the summer of 98 and I love the summer of 98, but, but for someone like you who wants to learn some stuff about this, they really didn't, they, they really didn't, you know, really tell you, tell you, really educate you a lot about how, how that summer impacted the game of baseball and, and how, and, and how that summer really impacted American culture and the game of baseball. Yeah, because everything they really mentioned, I knew about. There was not, not there was not really any information that after I ended up watching, like, oh, that, that you know, that was new. I didn't know that ever happened. It, it was kind of everything I already knew, and I've, you know, I, I've kind of watched. Yeah, because you could have learned about you could have learned about the Cubs pennant race that year. You could have learned about you know, the, I mean, you probably know about the Yankee season, but you could yeah. you could have learned about that. You could have learned about you know how this brought baseball back, but it, but it but it, it told you none of those things. Yeah, and they, you know that that was the most disappointing disappointing thing for me. You hit it right in that seat. That 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 disappointed me because I was hoping that I was going to learn some new things and, and um, you know get get some information I haven't heard and, and seen of watching like stuff on this, but it you know I really didn't. Yeah, not at all. So ESPN, you know, just really, really struck out with this documentary. So that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with R and J. For my co-host, Justin D'Onofrio, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week uh, previewing the Travelers Championship and any sports news that comes our way. Have a great weekend, everybody.